It is 12.30 Eastern Standard Time. Good afternoon, world. It's the Best Boys Podcast. I am your host, JP. And Corey, introduce yourself. And I am your co-host, Corey, with Story. And we're here to, uh, we're here to be some best boys. Some BBs. BB guns. <laughs> um, I didn't even think about that. Uh, I finally like got into Death Stranding. Finally, I like I I forced myself to play it because uh, it runs on Kylie's laptop. And uh, while I was stuck at the airport, and like I'm back in. <laughs> finally, time to finish it. Uh, I saw there's a director's cut coming out, and now I feel like I should yeah. wait. I yeah, I'm like pissed because I'm about halfway through, and uh, now I don't know what to do. Um. They, I've been so you want to hear something about I've been playing that Shin Megami Tensei game, right? Yeah, and uh, I found out that there's three different versions on the remaster, and one of them has what everything that was in the American release, and it was is not the bear the base one that you play. So I've been playing the wrong one, and I'm like nine hours in, and I'm having a crisis to know if I should start over. Or if I should just fuck it and play it as is. It's like it's not like DLC changes your experience that much, but um but yeah, that's I was pretty upset about it. Similar kind of of feeling with DLCs and final versions of games in the fucking modern era. But I digress. Oh. I lost you there for a second. Yeah, your quality just got real bad. Your peas went down. You went. You went down a few peas. Yeah, um, all I heard was you put a four thousand hours into it. Okay, no, that doesn't want to happen. I <laughs> put in nine. I'm not gonna tell. I don't want to tell it all again for the pod. But I uh, yeah, put in like nine hours, and I was playing the wrong version um, without the DLC, and I like uh, don't know if I should start over uh, or not. What would you do? I kind of feel like hmm, I feel like I would start over. But yeah, like, I, I think I want to start over. I feel like I'm gonna like, start over. Like I'm not gonna start Death Stranding over, to be honest, because it's like the walking gets a little old after a bit. Like I, I hate that it's like, all right, I did this, and now I gotta go all the way back if I want to sleep, and it's another like 30 minutes. Just like God damn it. There's a Death Stranding joke in the new Bo Burnham, the Bo Burnham movie thing, actually. Um, yeah, I think he kills it boring. Uh, no, I know, I know, I know. It was good. Great. I'm having a good time. It's just, I'm gonna, I, I'm excited to play it. Once you get a vehicle, it's good. It's, it's, which is pretty early on, you can get one. Uh, it makes it a lot better. But there's some things that, like, you can't take a vehicle to, and it's just like, fuck, I have 2,000 more meters to walk, uh, through rocks, and which is even slower than normal walking. Um. All right. So, Corey, Mr. Hollywood. Um, what is there anything going on? Any updates with uh? How how was your LA trip? Any uh? How was your shoots? Any hot entertainment weekly gossip? TMZ gossip you got for us? Um. Insider in any insider info? Uh, 
No, I mean, we have, uh, there's some, uh, recording artists featured as a main character this season you can look out for. Um, in what? For the people, uh, uh... in Euphoria. Mm -hmm. Um, I really, yeah, it's one of those things where I don't know what I'm allowed to say and not allowed to say, so I'm just gonna say that, uh, it was a really fun week and shot some really fun scenes, uh, and funny scenes. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, just keep an eye out for next year, I guess. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I haven't, you know, I'm doing the same shit. No updates here. Uh, watched some good movies this week, though, and I'm excited to talk about them. I figure we should talk about uh, Amelie first. Oops, I forgot. Um, switch the screen. But uh, I figure we should talk about Amelie first since it's fresh in your mind. Um... So right off the bat, what did you think about it? Because I, pl I have plenty of thoughts. I, th I thought it was really good. It was, um, I, initial impressions post-watching are the first half is phenomenal. And then the second half, I just get at times a little confused by character actions. And I feel like it slows down the pacing a lot. But uh, ultimately, he's satisfied. Like, I, I can't. I, I I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly. I didn't think about that, but I know exactly what you mean. Um, because I was very engaged through the first two acts, and then in the third, I uh, I was still into it. It just like yeah, it was weird, and it, it was like purposely not resolving, and you're kind of just watching, you know, what what happens, like these some more scenes essentially, um. Yeah. And I think it was uh, it was good. Um, and that was something I want to talk about later. Um, but yeah, a beautiful film. Uh, some incredible cinematography. I see so much influence in a million things I've watched. Um, me and um, Riss just finished Pushing Daisies, the show. I just told. I think I mentioned it last week. And God, it's the influence of the coloring and the like the the costume and set design and um, just the use of color period, just the whole vibe. Um, there's narration in the same way. Um, but yeah, great show. I highly recommend pushing daisies, but, uh, and also we watched what shape of water last week. Did, I don't know. Did you see the parent influence in, in it? Uh, yeah. And the lighting for sure. Um, we'll just like the, yeah, the coloring and the lighting and the yeah everything was the way they use color. Real heavy yellow, um, like it's uh, not soft light, but it's not like crazy hard. But it's just pouring in through windows. Um, tons of greens and yeah, like yellow greens and everything. Um, it was one of those. Uh, I, you know what I was surprised by in this movie though was the use of how much special effects. Um, like uh, you know they're not phenomenal CGI or anything like that, but it's just it's all through it. Uh yeah, so those remind I'm not gonna lie. Every time that happened, it always reminded me of like Scrubs or something, because it was like a you know like when there's this random break of reality and you're like yeah. it's like cutaway and Family Guy or something, um, where you're like getting someone's emotional reaction to something, um, and obviously this was before that, before all that really, um. I guess Scrubs, and I guess they were happening at the same time. But I like the, yeah, it was like this random breaks in reality that would happen. Um, I was super, super duper into it. Super duper. Um, yeah. 
So the color, the use of color, the shots. Uh, I did find, uh, I, I wanted to watch it more than once. Uh, I did end up watching it, like kind of half watching it a second time. Um, because, just because there was so much to take in visually. And when they, and the editing was pretty quick in the beginning, that sequence in the beginning where it was like talking yeah. about. Oh man, can we talk about the intro? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, so good. Perfect. I, and I love that it just felt like, I love that it started with just being disconnected like people. And then slowly connecting it all. Yeah, like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, connecting it to Amelie and everything. And it's just like, I, it, it, for a, a bit, it was kind of like, uh, I didn't feel this way in the beginning, but like towards the end, I was just kind of like, what was the point of all of this? But then I was, it was like, the whole purpose of that whole first act or so is just explaining why she is the way she is. And, uh, and, and her little bits of like, you know, uh, imagination taking over because of, you know, not having friends or anything growing up and stuff, and the uh... yeah, being told think that it's funny that the through line between Amelie and Minari is the sick, the heart condition. You know, yeah. uh, uh, which we'll, we'll we'll circle back to later. But the that you know she thinks she has a heart condition and she's not able to um, socialize really. So that's like the explanation for why she has strange social habits uh, as an adult. Um. Yeah, I loved that. I love the whole thing in the beginning with the 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 guy committing suicide and falling on the mom. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, how awful is that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I see a lot of Wes Anderson influence on Wes Anderson stuff. I mean, unless it's yeah. just like kind of going back and forth, maybe because Royal Royal Ten Bombs is what year is that? That is. Um... Isn't it like two thousand four? It's early 2000s for sure. Um, 2001. No, it's the same year. So maybe not. Oh, but maybe it's just it's the vibe. The vibe of the time. Being the same year, like, obviously one's a French film and one's American, but like the Royal Tenenbaums just seems so much newer. Like watching this movie, definitely parts of it, I felt like I was watching, like, I, I felt like I was watching a mid 90s to late 90s movie, but then like the, the use of the and quality of the CGI that it was being used. Like, oh, this is newer than I thought. Like, I don't know if you had that kind of feeling with it. Uh, I, I felt like it was of its time. I, um, I, I don't, I haven't seen Royal Tenenbaums in a while. It's on our list of something to, of ones to watch. Um, I've seen it so many times, but it's been a while. Um, it was always on like Comedy Central and shit. Like, I would like to see it in its, you know, complete raw form. Um, uh, yeah, I love the cafe. Everything with the cafe and the people with the cafe. That was like my favorite part. Um, was that the creepy guy and the um, the the guy who likes to get real philo philosophical, and then the 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 hypochondriac. Um, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Apparently, he's in several of uh, Jean Pierre Genet's films. Um, and yes, he's got quite a face. Uh, I thought the same thing. <laughs> this is, this is his, his lips are so like, like he, like, not like naturally, like he's always like pursing them out. But like, he emotes with his lips. But, um, uh, this film is known for one of the, uh, and there's films before it that, that do this, but it's one of the big ones known for reinforcing the stereotype of the manic pixie dream girl. Mm -hmm. 
because that's essentially what what she is is a you know pixie pixie dream girl um she's very aloof and very um unhappy and um and she's like trying to help people throughout um you know wherever she goes and you think that it's going to work out like i when they first hook up um so the, i'll explain there is a kind of a love triangle i guess in the the restaurant uh bar um with the the lady who sells cigarettes um the hypochondriac the waitress who hits on all hits on customers at least she's a chiropractor wait chiropractic waitress you know uh you know, like she was like cracking people's necks and stuff like that. Oh yeah, that was. <laughs> that was just like a quick thing because it, it, it came back a couple, they, they a couple said, times. Well, they said when they introduced her that she likes the sound and like she likes cracking bones, but then like you don't, I, you don't really see it or anything about it, and then just out of nowhere, it just cuts to the diner, and she's like one, two, three. <laughs> It's like exactly. It was exactly exactly like a chiropractor. Like she like lines up their head per, yeah, li- and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then so he like uh, thinks that she's hitting on everybody because she like says things or whatever, um, and it's all this guy's super misogynist, super misogynist, and Amelie tries to fix the situation by ha- like having him him hook up with the hypochondriac, and it happens, and they bang so loud, so oh loud, so it shakes the whole restaurant, and you think that it's like oh. Only did it. She's just, you know, this, she, this, she miracle fixed the situation. Yeah. Miracle worker. She also helps, um, uh, one armed boy that gets bullied by his boss at a gro. He's like a grocer. Um, yeah. there's a, a painter with bones of glass, which I thought of unbreakable, um, which is yeah. a few years after this. Um, oh, that's a good idea for a movie to watch. It's on the list. Uh, Mr. Mr. Glass. The, the, I've no, I need to see Unbreakable first. I've never seen Unbreakable. Seen Unbreakable? No, it's on the list. I've never. I have Split and Unbreakable on the li- on the list. I've never seen any of them. Oh, I've seen them both. None of the trilogy. We could just do the trilogy for an episode yeah. sometime. Uh, I that I plan for that. Yes. Um, like, but yes. Isn't everybody's cup of tea? But like Unbreakable's phenomenal. Oh yeah, I know Unbreakable's. I have. I never seen Sixth Sense in entirety. I've only seen oh, signs, dude. I've only seen signs in the ha- in the happening in the village. Oh, you've seen the happening, but you yeah. haven't. I saw the ha- I saw the happening in in uh, theaters. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I saw the happening in theaters. It was on a date. No, it was on a date. I think. Um, well, I don't blame Marky Mark. I mean, he sold me in a lot of movies. It might have been in a drive-through, but all right, all right. Um. But also, the, how about the framing around the whole film around the the death of Princess Diana? Yeah, I was like so. Uh, it was so weird to me that that like I know that people talk about it like it was like, obviously weird. <coughs> it's hard to impact, but like our mom was like super affected by it, and like it was just like a. World it was a cultural phenomenon, and I don't understand it, but it was a cultural phenomenon. Um, I don't get it either, but the. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was like having that be like on the like not in the forefront but it's like it is a common thing probably every 20 minutes people liked every, her uh yeah probably every 20 minutes her name gets brought up and uh or she's on the t- like there's like something on the news about it yeah, um dude talking about getting ashes americans shooting ashes up into space do you think that'll happen in princess die uh the um i can't remember but it, it uh 
it kept getting brought up, but it's like, uh, if it, I guess it had that big of an impact on people at that time. Um, yeah, yeah. So I figure we should go through the beats. Um, so it gets the the movie opens with them going, um, over okay, how Emily has formed into this person. Um, and her mom's di- mom dies, and her father is very like very detached i would describe him as um very aloof and detached and then he was detached before the mom died but after the mom died for some reason um he gets obsessed with building this shrine for the dead mom's ashes um and i don't uh it, it doesn't make any sense but he gets this garden gnome and she Amelie ends up stealing it and the the dad ends up getting pictures throughout the film um of the gnome around the world and yeah. i the loved it time, i loved that i, I loved, loved the it gnome thing, but the whole time I'm just like who the fuck has this gnome like, obviously it was a, like a stewardess like, yeah yeah so it made yeah, sense like, you're like oh my god like how is she doing yeah. this but also how is she so connected and <laughs> she's so friendly and nice um I guess. Uh, um, and then, uh, um, but then it goes and she starts helping people one at a time. Um, there's like a blind man that she walks through the market and tell and describes everything to the blind man as they're going through. Um, that's so hectic. I just felt bad for the blind guy the whole time because it's like she's doing this nice thing but the way it's cut is making it seem like she's just like sprinting him through and it's just like there's this there's that there's this there's that it's just like sensory overload uh i don't know yeah no it's yeah it's hectic like there's like a little bit of as much as she's helping trying to help people it usually doesn't work out perfectly um like it doesn't with the like they bang, they bang but then later on he becomes just a misogynist towards her and then ends up pining after the the chiropractic waitress again um and um and then with the man uh the painter with the glass bones um glass man and he is painting he paints the same uh painting Renaud's luncheon of the boating party every year um once a year and um he doesn't paint anything else he just paints this one thing um and that she hooks up with him because they live in the same building and the whole i guess i've skipped on that she finds that box in the wall and that makes her wants to find the 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 guy who used to live there so she's like doing these deeds um throughout the film um yeah she gets like a, a, a euphoric joy out of helping others helping others um and it's been and that was like the first one um and that like inspired her to kind of keep chasing that chasing that feeling i guess um but then uh about like halfway through the film it becomes more about the love story um with the the guy who the art like i would call him like an artist i guess some kind of street artist that he makes these collages of um like a scrapbook of um photo photos he finds from um photo booths you know with pictures of people um and i loved the scrapbook i thought that was a super cool um piece um i love the scrapbook uh, i thought it was super cool and but he like works at a porn shop at the same time yeah, it, was, it was very interesting the uh that like 
my big thing about this movie was just like it's like she sees the guy or whatever and then she slowly becomes uh oh i guess no we, what, sorry continue we'll, we'll... oh no no yeah give me your give it give me what your take is well, i don't want to just describe it first before we just uh well we can go i want to go through the beats as we're talking we should probably talk about them as we're as we're going yeah, yeah. through what the thing say is more towards the end it has to do with the end it's just started off with this but at the same time it's oh oh good. i got you i got you yeah um but the sky thing was cool the guy's yeah it's very obviously he's like an oddball they said he used to collect pictures of of people's shoe prints and handprints and cement yeah he's very very abstract art like modern art guy um I mean, he's I very mis. I thought it, I took it as like an OCD collectionist, like a stamp collector. I think the scrapbook itself, and now he's putting them all back together. It is like that, but it is art. I think like I think that scrapbook is, um, is like a is like a piece of art. Um, like collecting all that and like the the writings and the and the recording of it. Like I yeah, you're right. It is a collection, um, uh, essentially, um. But yeah, there's something about it that the like the logging all these different people and the the reactions and the faces and oh yeah, the mysterious man. So like there's this subplot about finding out who this um, bald man is that is in all a bunch several of these pictures. Um, and yeah, 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 and they think that he's a ghost or something that's like haunting the photo booths. Yeah, he's he's a dead man who uh, only shows up. Pictures taken. Is what I think says. Um. Yeah, it's like a subplot, and it's kind of a thing. But uh, but essentially, the 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 latter couple acts of the film are her and him kind of playing this cat and mouse. Well, she's kind of fucking with him. Essentially, she just keeps yeah. on fucking with him for the rest of the movie. And you're like, come on already, like come on, just hook up. And she's just like, no, I'm gonna keep messing with him. Um, and she's like afraid to let. So I get that because of like how she grew up. She's afraid to let somebody to get in close. Um, I really. I, uh, I was so frustrated at this last like thirty minutes of the movie because like, all right, I get the the testing the limits to essentially see if he's as quirky as you are for like this kind of stuff. But like by the time he shows up at the diner, has the Zorro picture, and is like, "This is you." Oh like, my god, the Zora picture is hilarious. I was cracking up. I'm just like, why, why, why? You just at this point, it's just like shit or get off the pot. Oh man, you went through all this trouble just to chicken out. But I guess it was the same time. It was she didn't want to meet him until she connected him with the mystery man that she figured out. Um, but I don't know. And then he even when uh, uh what's it called? He uh. He like shows up at her door at the end, and then she like doesn't open the door, and I'm just like, come on, this is like a multiple opportunity. Although I guess she was a little more devastated when like he left the diner with Gina. Um. So, but. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he thought she thought that. Yeah, but like I was getting to the point. Like you're you're kind of fucking with him. Like you might be pushing him away a little bit. Yeah, that's um, what I thought. It was just like, ah. <laughs> it's it's frustrating, but it's also but it makes sense. Like in the they establishes the scenes earlier, like she's had sex before, but she was not really in. She's only had it a couple of times. She was never into it. She was never into boyfriends. Like she's a hard time finding intimacy, but for some reason she's drawn to this guy. 
um, <clears throat> the guy f messing around these photo booths. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's sweet. It's sweet. I honestly initially felt like the narrative was like kind of basic, but then I just thought about it and realized like, uh, that it was like, we were just, like you said, we were waiting for the plot to resolve. And, but then I realized it was just more about these moments with this girl and like this journey. And it was not about getting to that point. It was about these moments. And that's why it took its time. I think, um, getting to that point because it was like oh yeah it would it's gonna happen this time it's gonna happen this time and then it didn't um oh my god how about when she went to first meet him at the he that she found out he worked also he works at a hall oh haunted house and for some reason he's in this skull costume and he like starts like creepily breathing and moaning before he knows who amelie is touching her face, touching her face. yeah weird and that, the whole, the, one of my frustrations with this movie is just like, she says she's falling in love with this guy, but she knows nothing about him other than he collects ripped up photo booth pictures and works at a porn shop. But she's like in love with him. Knows nothing about this guy other than that. And it's just like, it's very interesting. It's very, I but like also it's, I don't know, it was weird. But at the same time, I guess with the kind of like character that she is in the movie, like I guess it, more, it makes more sense. But, um, I guess it's one of those like suspension of disbelief, like because it's all part of like the the world and within the film. Um, but it was, uh, I, I at the very uh, towards the end, I had a, I had one of those like what was the point of all of this kind of moments. Uh, but like, but at the end, it was like kind of like how you said, we just kind of like you get it. It's I don't know how to put it into words, but it's like I, I understand like the journey that the two hours we went through to get here um but i definitely think that like a little bit too much time fucking with the one neighbor who's mean to the one arm guy oh yeah there's like three or four it keeps coming back and it doesn't really i felt that that didn't really build to anything like at the at the at the end he still worked there and he still was he, he she hooked him up with she found out that he's a painter so she hooked him up with glass man um to work on his painting and um so he like teaches the glass man teaches him apparently the actor who plays the glass man um is a um classic french actor well a prolific and well-known french actor um i guess while i'm on that subject um i found out in the production of this that originally amelie was supposed to be played by um emily watson uh, if you know, she, it, she is, yeah, if you Google her, you know what it is. I guess I can. Yeah, that name sounds so familiar. She was in the Chernobyl thing. Did you see Chernobyl? No, but it is on my list now that I have HBO. She's in Synecdoche. She's in Synecdoche. Um, she's the, uh. Oh, I know who this is. She's the second. She, she plays his wife after the first or no she plays the girlfriend yeah i'm on, I'm on her imdb i i know this lady's face i'm just trying to think of what i've seen her from oh red dragon that's why she's she's in equilibrium with uh christian bale she's a tons of tons of stuff but yeah synecdoche didn't we we watched that 
You didn't watch the next game in New York with me. Maybe I made. Uh, I mean, I think I made Riss watch that. <laughs> then the Kingsman Golden Circle. She's a ton of stuff. Ton of stuff. But apparently, she was supposed to do it, but um, she had trouble speaking French. It was still supposed. It's still going to be in complete French. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like going full French actress would probably be the move. So then they casted Audrey Tatel. Tatel, I can't. I'm not good with my French accent. Uh, Audrey Tatel, that's it. And she is in the um, the uh, Angels and Demons in um. Uh, oh, what the fuck's the other one? The Da Vinci Code. Yeah, she's in the. That's, she's that's probably what I mainly know her from. She's a few years older. She does mostly French films. She's um. But that's the American movies that I first saw her in. Um, let me actually. F- Warhorse. Emily Watson or Audrey Chateau? I'm sorry, Emily Watson. Um... But um, yeah, this is this is a good film. I liked it a lot. Um, I initially, I was like, I was like, I think I like Shape of Water better than that. Even though, I mean, that I don't know. Not that they're the oh, direct. I decided like no. I think. I think I like this better actually as more I dwell on it. Cause it's simple, but it's also not, it's like, I love the duality of the, there's like simplicity in it, but it's also complex and, but it's like aloof and whimsical. Um, but there's like, and there's this innocence, but it's also perverse and like your sex. And it's, you know, it's not afraid to be dirty when it needs to be. Um, though it's very, it could easily have been a children's film without, without any of that. Um, yeah, I see the influence in a million things I've seen. Um, I loved it. Loved it. Um, I think I gave it a four initially. What did you give it? Um, I Well, before I give my score, I was going to say... Oh, I was sorry. I satisfied with the Shape of Water's end, like story ending and everything uh, than this, but I liked... The visual presentation of this and the in the the editing and everything and just way better, um, because except for that little like thirty minute lull towards the third act, um, where I felt like I it just kind of dragged for a little bit. But Shape of Water, while I wasn't as like like into the pacing or you know I felt a little slow at times. Uh, I being like I love the lighting, but I like I I like the more cohesive story, I guess. Um, out of it uh more satisfied with the ending i guess but either but either but i think i like amelie better overall um and i would give and i think it's meant to be a little more open and and like not neatly in a bow and i mean it is like they get together you know that they get like in the very end they hook up they have sex um everything's good um but uh so yeah i was actually pretty satisfied with the ending um it was like the leading up to it. It was that there was like a couple extra scenes to get to the actual ending. Yeah, I feel like you could have cut like fifteen. This could have been an hour forty-five, and I probably would have been like. Uh, but I think I think that feeling is meant to happen. Like they're meant. It's like subverting. Like oh, this is when it's gonna be, and no, this is when it's gonna be. Even just cutting out one of the the sequences of fucking with the dude, because I just started feeling bad for the dude at that point. I just thought she was going a little like he. This guy is clearly like not a happy man, and you're just making his angry life more miserable. Um, but and like obviously he deserved it at first, 
But then I, I don't know. You, sh- you can cut out like the last time she goes to fuck with him and just even save that five minutes. I felt that way too. But then I think the more I dwelled on it, I appreciated that more. Um, so I, but I understand that take. Um, all right. Well, what are you giving it? I give it a four. I'd give it a four. Four solid four. Four is all around. Four score. Cool. The, uh, it's on my it's on my upper echelon of movies that I like, but I definitely wasn't like the greatest thing I've ever seen. I think the score and the cinematography is like five out of five. Like, oh, it's really good. Like, like this the aesthetic. It is created an aesthetic. It's an invented or not maybe invented, but it's yeah. Like, I think the Grand Budapest Hotel maybe has some in. Uh, uh, I the the narr- voiceover narration for for. All the little like, un un like, giving yourself these. I've seen that like, that thing time. so many times since yeah. then. But it's like giving you this little five second, ex- uh, like character dump of just who this person is, real quick. It's so very brief. And uh, but I like that because it's just yeah. Like, right, it's a story. I like it too. Pick apart uh, rotisserie chickens with his hands. Yeah, the aesthetic and influence and and style. It's just nothing but style. I'm not nothing but style, but it's so much style. It oozes style, and and you see that permeate a lot of um, indie and American films or films all over since then. Um, so even if I don't think as a film, I wouldn't give it a five out of five. I think that it is importance and um, like influence and like elements of it are perfect. Um, there's a lot of it that is flaw. It's flawlessly put together um, in terms of. Uh, aesthetic for me um so that does give it a little bit of a boost so i would be totally fine if someone gave it a four and a half or even a five um but i think my f- initial reaction is a four i but i definitely even though i gave shape of water four, i i would put this above that if i ranked them not that we're you know, comparing everything no i put this above shape of water as well um by a little bit but yeah definitely i i i i had more points where i enjoyed it overall where shape water i i don't i i still can't explain properly like the i don't want to call it disappointment but i just i just went in expecting something you yeah you just didn't know what you're getting um yeah like i like to go into movies blind i definitely felt that same way the first time i watched it i think second time you see that i think you maybe would not once you know what you're getting that you could yeah i'd probably appreciate a lot more um, I feel that way about this, that I feel like I would watch, I would like this, um, I would like to watch this multiple times, um, and really, cause there's so much to take in with how fast that's the intro is. And, um, especially not being a native French speaker. Um, oh, I had a hard time keeping up with the subtitles in the first half. Yes. Uh, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, I think there's so much to, I think it's a movie that you need to watch more than once um, to really take in all the even because like you're either looking at all the visuals and you're missing some of the dialogue or you're catching all the dialogue and you're missing so so much of the beautiful use of color um, and and uh, you know costume sets and everything um, yeah loved it loved it all right but I I'll tell you something I liked even more. Minari. It was Minari. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, can I just say real quick that this is probably this is probably the best movie I've seen all year, um, and probably the best movie I've seen last year. 
uh, that I can recall, at least. I was just fucking in all about Korean American family moving to Arkansas. Oh, all Americans tale, all fucking American as you could be. Like this is an American ass story. Um, and I know that like I was uh, in reading in. I like to read some other people's um, readings of things before I do the show. Um, and someone said that like Oscars love all American tales. And I guess, and I realized that that's true. No, was No Man Land? Was, would you consider that? You've seen that, right? Would you consider yeah, that an all-American yeah. tale? Um, or what is it about, way, really? Yeah, it's it's about this lady who is. Um, I can't remember why she gets into this thing, but she's just she does. She's a nomad. She doesn't like living in one spot. She lives out of a camper, and she's like, and it's essentially the director just following her around, just living her life, and. Uh, and along the way, she gets linked up with these different, like, all other, like, Winnebago commune things. And, like, she'll stay for a little bit and then, you know, leave and try to find another place. And she, like, meets a guy that seems like he's, like, you'd want to, uh, she'd want to, like, maybe, like, go back to a normal life with. And, you know, still just chooses to just stay out on the road, just keep moving. Um yeah, not to not oh no, yeah, just quick quick thing. Um, I'm, I guess I was curious because like that makes sense. because uh, that sounds pretty American centric. Um, it gets slow towards the last act, like the second half is really slow. Uh, not the, not the second, the last. It's the same thing, like kind of with this the last like twenty minutes or so is, it it gets real slow. Um, but it's good. I like it. Okay. All right. Well, I would like to do that for the show at some point because um, yeah. I want to see it. Um, Minar- no- Minari. Minari. Excellent. Really? Yeah. I think this yeah, was awesome. Yeah, I think this is awesome. I. Best movie I've seen in a long time. There's a lot that resonates about this story to me. Um, with the little boy. Um, obviously you mentioned that he has a heart um issue, a heart murmur of some kind. Um, and it's scaring, it scares the family and then, you know, he's not allowed to really exert himself. Um, cause if he does, he could die. Um, and I, as uh, just to be a quick glimpse of my background, I had, uh, a plastic anemia as a little kid, which is not the big, not as big of a deal or anything, but I wasn't allowed to participate in sports or play outside and things like that. Because if I got fell and got a bruise, I would die. So this, I was obviously very attached to David's story, um, here alone. But on top of that, um, cause that wasn't really even the main thing. It's just this farm, um, that Stephen Yoon, fame, you know, famously of The Walking Dead, uh, Glenn from The Walking Dead, um, is excellent in this. Um, didn't know that he's it was him until the end of the movie. Well, he speaks Korean so well, and I'm sure that a native Korean speaker might, because I'm pretty sure he's he's American. You know, he's from the U.S. He might have grown up like learning it from his parents. Well, yeah, of course, but um, but if like accent wise, I'm sure a native yeah. speaker might they differently but as someone who has no idea um he's he was great um and and i did not realize because i thought he was in it i didn't expect oh actually he was born it says he was born in seoul um i don't know how long he lived how long he lived there but he moved he moved to saskatchewan in 1988 i have his wikipedia up. canada yeah wow and then late and then moved to michigan 
in uh in uh, for high school. So he's got a little everything. So um but yeah, he was great. Um obviously everyone was great. The grandmother was oh amazing. What an am and what an amazing performance all around. I love the relationship from the little the little boy's performance is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Like the two languages. He looked like he was like four. Um, and he's able, still able to go back and forth in the languages so seamlessly, and like everything just it, it was so good. It was I love their relationship. That's the buddy cop movie I need to see. Yeah, David and his grandmother, and that's really is like that's the main focus of the movie. I would say. I mean, there's the farm. And what's going on with the wife, um, Stephen Yeun's character, and uh, the farm, um, and then these two things, and then you know, obviously the health of the boy. But then what happens is in, I mean, um, the probably the middle of the movie, or right after the middle of the movie, is the grandmother has a stroke, um, and is not the oh, same. Man, it's not. Fucking... Yeah, it was so sad. And. Oh, and it uh, was um I wanted more i wanted more of the kid and the grandma they were finally like i, I knew they were building up to something that's yeah, cuddled for the first time um and i thought the kid was gonna die to be honest i thought that was gonna be the uh it was it seemed it was one of those movies where it seemed like oh this is just setting up for like a sad kid ending um but little do you know yeah that i was like it's building that it's a sad steven yoon Ending. Well, it's like um, me and Riss were like, this is building up to before the grandmother had a stroke. It's like this is building up to something. Either something's gonna happen with David, or something's gonna happen with the grandma. And yep, the grandma had the stroke, and um, so then they had to take care of her as well. Um, it kind of the roles kind of reversed. People were taking care of David, and then David and the little and the sister, God bless her, was had yeah. had so much on her shoulders, especially after the grandma left or wasn't not left had a stroke she's still and like the grandma was coming too later and later but um just as the farm was taking off um you know things get go bad in the end of the movie and um it's uh, it's it's a, it's a roller coaster but i would say it was predictable a little bit i did i did see where it was going um yeah me and risp called out that something was going to happen to the grandma or david and then and then we we're like, as soon Riss actually, as soon as she saw like, the grandma making a fire, she's like, she's he's, she's gonna burn down all the crops, <laughs> and then it happened. Um, yeah, well, I would say it's predictable in that sense, but like, leading up to that point, I didn't know that that's where it was gonna happen. I was worried about them leaving her at home alone. I thought the grandma was just gonna die at home, like and like not the not all of the crops specifically getting burned uh, and ruining. You know David's shit, um, but I will say I I uh, real quick speaking about the 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 sister, do you think it was con that it was conveyed enough um, about how much shit she's essentially doing? Cause she gets the least amount of screen time in the movie. She does, and she does, but I I think that it's like that it's almost you're and that is a good point, but it is obvious that she's she's watching David a lot throughout the day. Yeah, she's watching David throughout the day while both parents go go to work. They are what's called chicken sexers, and they or they, um, so while Stephen Yeun's character is building the farm, he him and the wife work as, uh, and I should look up her name, uh, look up their names actually, and stop calling them Stephen Yeun and the wife. 
Monica and Jacob. Yeah, Monica and Jacob. So Monica and Jacob work at the um, this farm, and they organize chickens by sex. And the men get slaughtered, and the the females um, get raised to be chickens to be then eaten or lay eggs. Um, and um, so it's like a, it's this weird culture that I'm not familiar with, but you know. She doesn't want to. She didn't want to move to Arkansas. That's where they they moved to. They live in a trailer. Um, she was there from California, um, and um, yeah, she's not into the farm idea. And it seems like Stephen Yoon's character kind of misled that. It misled her a little bit to get to this point. Uh, but now that they're there, she's kind of really making been making it hard on. On May, uh, on it, she's a skeptical, and as soon as something happens with grandma, she wants to go back, and which is kind of understandable. But there's a lot of tension, and she's not. S- Break toy, 1982. Thank you for the follow. Um, she uh, she doesn't um. She doesn't see what how good that the farm is doing, um, and like it's actually gonna happen if she just has a little patience. And even if it fails, like it's only it gets to this point where they're about to find out if it's gonna happen or not, and then, um, but she's that's it. Like it's too late. It's like you just wait another week and see what happens. Um, so that was my only gripe was with her Monica's character, and it kind of didn't understand some of her uh, choices. In the third act, um, at I, that I, point, I, I I understood. It's like the um, just it. She felt that it was right after they found out about David. Like everything's fine with David, and yeah. and then and everything's gonna be fine with the crops. And she still wanted to go back. Oh, it's because she said it. Like, because in that moment, he was when they got to the doctor's office, he was more concerned about his crops being left in the hot car and getting ruined than he was about making but that like those crops were gonna be like if if they look bad and that guy doesn't buy them then they're fucked oh i i get that but i'm saying like in her perspective it's like you you put you didn't put your family first like you're giving your son's life Uh, yeah yeah i view i'm like i gonna be i guess yeah yeah that's how you're always like is this how you're gonna be now where this is a like threatening thing how are you gonna be like is this how you're always going to be um but this is like they need money, like in their in their time and all that stuff. Um, well, the grandma gave her money to move back to California. Um, so, well, yeah, her money, but like the farm, like and the farm yeah, was gonna yeah. give them money, you know, how they were gonna flourish. Yeah. Um. But uh, so yeah, I had some. That was my only like gripes for that. Really, is that the ending and in, in that, but. Um, loved it. The church, the church stuff was really, really, uh, I was like worried about, I kept thinking that something racist was going to happen the entire movie. And it, yeah, and it, I, was gonna say, I was so refreshed that we didn't have, uh, that we got like, um, you know, uh, foreigners coming to America thing that wasn't framed around that. Fra- yeah. It or even, so- it's not even an element really. No, not at all. And everyone's super nice to them. Everyone is super uh, well, um, helpful. And- me and Riss were talking about that. Because, um, like, uh, you know, with, like, church, we've, we were both raised in church to a degree. And when you're not, when you go to a church that's all white and you're not white, if you're a member of the church, they're pretty cool to you. 
but they're you know they're also going to be voting against your interests <laughs> they're actively you know voting against your self-interest um but but you know that it, it's not the same like I could see that being a thing, like especially out out there, like people were helping more helpful, um, or more hospitable to a degree, because um, there's not a lot of people out there. Um, but yeah, uh, I loved it. Thought it was great. Um, the, how did you feel about the like the final, like the actual ending where it's just like the the grandma? Oh yeah, so me and Riz talked about this for a while. Um, so the ending ending so there's a subplot the name of the movie minari is uh, uh named after a plant and um a food it's some uh korean plant that is has multiple uses it's you can use it for food you can use it for medicine this wonder plant that's what the grandma keeps saying and jacob poo-poos her when she brings it up so she just plants it on her own and um and apparently that it's a plant that doesn't need a lot of tending to um if you plant it in the right place it can flourish and um and i actually found this out after but i guess it's a uh, a plant that actually grows better once it is it dies and is then grows again like from like the like the cycle of renewal um and kind of just like how the you know, they started over to come to Arkansas and then the, the fire happens and takes away everything. But, you know, they end up being all right in the end, thanks to, and as much as the grandma burned shit down, um, she also planted the Minari that was enabled. I, and like, it's a little open that you talk the ending, um, just to describe it, um, kind of ends abruptly. I did not expect it to end. I did what well, we were, I was so into it. I did not check the time very much in this movie. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, it just was like, oh, fuck. Like, I thought they were going to play this out a little more. And they kind of left it open to your interpretation. Like, how did it happen? Did they, did they you know, it seemed by by um, Jacob's body language, it seems like everything's working out. Like, he doesn't seem stressed about it while talking to David. Um, he's happy. And he's like, Grandma knew what she was doing. Um, and they, it, they did salvage, apparently, some of it. Uh, some of the food from the fire also. Um, I think that was, that was indicated, but it wasn't really clear. Um, but I, I liked it. I, I just took it as like, well, at least we have this. We'll try to sell it. Uh, cause there's no, it doesn't really tell you if there's like a time skip at all. Um, but I, uh, I want to say I really enjoyed that the, the, not only were they like, obviously they were starting over again because everything burned down, but the, um, going back to like all five of them sleeping on the floor of the trailer together yeah oh yeah yeah and i thought that was cool um well, jacob said that when they first moved in we should all sleep together in the in the living room on the first night and and the monica poo-pooed it it got, comes up a couple times and then they finally do it in the end um, um i think they did it in the beginning like when they first got there oh i thought they didn't do it i thought they didn't do that because he said it yeah. but they didn't oh maybe they did and then it was the cycle or yeah, like the loop like, it was like a um you know it's like it's the symbolism of starting over again um the uh but no i like i liked it a lot the i i agree that the ending did just kind of it, it felt abrupt when it just cut and the credits rolled but the overall i was so satisfied by it it was <laughs> definitely a roller coaster um, I never got to a point where it made me feel like I was going to cry or anything, but I, I just was engaged the entire time. I just love the, the, I love the acting, the, 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 the dialogue delivery was just so good. And 
and the relationship just felt like super real. It's very much just the like neither of them understanding what the other one is trying to like where they're coming from and trying to do or like what their end goals are and but like both feel selfless but both are being selfish in ways. Um it was uh I just loved it. And then the the the, the uh, David and the grandma was just so I love that when she teaches him the like the gambling card game thing and then he teaches it to, to that kid. kid. Yeah, and yeah. Like out of my way, bastard. <laughs> like I thought it was so funny. Yep, yep, yep. It's so cute. Um I yeah. feel this movie was so well paced. Because it's a yeah. slow it's definitely slower, but you don't care because you're really enjoying these intimate moments of this family. And like they're struggling, but there's also so much like warmth and and love. Um, and like the initially David, the grandson doesn't like the grandma cause it's the first time he met, met her and she's coming to live with them. And, um, but as the film goes on, they develop this bond, um, and they become really good, really close. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's sad. It's sad, but it's, it's happy. Uh, it's got everything you want in a, in a good movie. It's so, like I said, so well paced. I was never bored. I was never wanted to check the time. Uh, in the quietest, slowest moments, I was just, uh, I was just here. I was just enjoying it, immersed in, in this experience. Um, loved it. Loved it. I know I keep saying that, but man, it blew me away. Um, and uh, I'm really interested. The cinematography was beautiful. These long, big shots of Arkansas. Oh, can we talk about, we haven't brought, talked about this yet. We haven't talked about Will Patton's character. Uh oh. Paul. Oh my God! Just about to ask, who's your favorite character? Because mine was definitely Paul. David is mine. David is mine. But Paul was wild as fuck. Oh. Wild as fuck. Um, and Will Patton, you may know, isn't he in Armageddon? And uh, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, he's in Arm. Yeah, he's in Armageddon. In this movie, I, I couldn't. Oh my God! This is one of the. It's maybe the best performance I've ever seen him. And he's in Gone. He's in Remember the Titans. He's the white coach. And remember the Titans. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, Armageddon. Remember the Titans. Gone in sixty seconds are the movies I know him the most from. Uh, he's in the first Punisher. Um, Thomas Jane one. Who are they, Dolph Lundgren one? The oh yeah, the the Thomas Jane one. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so good. Oh, so bro, good. He's just driving past and he's dragging the cross and he's like, "This is my church." Happy Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, his skin is scorched because he he works in the sun all day with uh, farming and shit, and and then he's doing that on the weekends. Um, what an amazing performance. He he's casting Christian spells everywhere he goes and speaking in tongues. Um, um, and the that's what made this. Uh, that honestly, his character is what made this such a good. Like it was like a reverse cultural. Like so it's like an American goes to some other land, um, yeah. and they have like a shaman or something, or like some mystical, some mystic of some kind doing these similar things, speaking speaking what seems to be gibberish, um, you know, casting spells, doing these these customs. And to Jacob's character, he's just like, I don't want no part of this, like. Uh, he's humoring him because he's a kind man and he's a good man, but um, he definitely doesn't encourage it at all. Um, it's it's like it really it's like the reverse of of that of being a you know being a, in a new alien culture to you. Um, 
It's it just seems like the exact same thing. Yeah, it was very. It's like instead of like um, you know, like you have it where you go like to China and then you have like uh, Tibetan monks and shit like that. But in this, it's just just Paul. Well, it's like the the crazy superstitious guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, like he's banging on pots and pans and shit. Um, but I, but at the same time, you just like I had nothing but just like love and 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 empathy for Paul. I just want, I, and I wish Jacob was nice to do him. But there's I, mean, a, like, I guess <laughs> it's a cultural thing too. Like like uh, compliments is, is probably like just saying good job is probably like a big thing. Yes, yes, yes. And when like there's a line from a kid on a bus that's like, "Damn, I heard that guy shits in a bucket and has a dirt floor," and everyone's laugh and they flip him off the, uh, through yeah. the window. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's a uh, he's a he's a good guy and um, he's really kind to this family. Um, I mean, they're paying him to work, but they, it's it's a good relationship, and he believes in the farm, and and he definitely um, helps the farm be what it ends up being. Um, yeah, he was a really good character in the movie. Loved him. Loved him, loved him as well. Um, yeah, the, 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 apparently the woman who plays the grandmother is a really famous Korean actress. Um yeah, he's yeah. from North Korea originally. Really? Yeah. Wow. Kelly was looking at the cast last night. Um, yeah, yeah, she was so good. Yeah, she was so funny. I was, I just, yeah, she's just. I don't know. This the, the the dynamic between David and her was just so good. Like I, I would watch this again. I would. I, Absolutely. So far, none of the movies we've seen have I wanted to like immediately rewatch, but this one was just it's so uh, good. And then cinematography wise, it was just it's so clean. Everything was just it's like, very clean. It was gritty. Nothing was too harsh. All the like the all the highlights in this movie were just like you could see the sky perfectly. And like uh, the the coloring wasn't like super vivid. It was like yeah, it wasn't muted, but it wasn't super vivid. But it, I don't know. It kind of fit the the grain and the grass. Like it was. Um, I made it this texture, um, all the, all the grain and grass everywhere. Um, I don't know. Loved it. (laughs) Um, do you have any, any other points you want to hit on with, with Minari before you, we drop these scores down? Uh, trying to think it was, see, we went through everything that I wanted to talk about. Um, Yeah. Know. What about you? Nope. No, I think I got most of it. Um just great, great, great film. Um American Dream film. Um and it's made the the director Lee Isaac Chung, um, who I'm not too familiar wasn't too familiar with before this. Um and he's but he's a South Korean American. Um and yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what what happened, what he does next. Um, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. This is um, I I I'm starting to get more and more now why Dad keeps pushing on, uh, me to watch more Korean movies. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about this. Uh, you know, that's a good thing to bring up. Um, is Korean culture 
has really, really, you know, begun to be a thing in so many elements in, um, in our pop culture now today. Um, the last five years, you know, since Psy, uh, <laughs> honestly, since fucking Gangnam Style, um, K-pop's been a thing like in the underground, but now K-pop's like a mainstream thing. Um, BT- yeah, because of BTS. Yeah, you know, now K-pop's mainstream, and um, you know, all these Korean films uh, with Bong Joon Ho, um, and. Uh, with Parasite, and that's on our list as well. Uh, several Korean filmmakers and films are on our list. Um, and um, um, uh, that, and you know who else I was thinking about? What other culture has really uh, stepped into the world stage is New Zealand. Um, Taika Waititi, and I, Lord, Lord is from New Zealand. Um, and uh, and and um. You know the the flight of the Concords and Reese Darby and um, there's several actors and and actresses that I see. In have you did you see um, did you see uh, Soul? No, I haven't seen Soul yet. We can put that on the list. I didn't put it on the list, but we can put it because um, it's very good. Um, there, yeah, there's um, there's a actresses in several Taika Waititi's movies and uh, and she was in Soul and she's really funny. Um, and I, I just think about that. I, I'm exposed to so much more New Zealand and people from New Zealand and, you know, in, col- in Korean culture in the last, you know, five to ish, five to 10 years. Um, you know, usually it's just English shit and English stuff and Japanese stuff and, and whatnot. Um, there's even like, an anime. That's another thing with Korean and Korean animes became a thing. Um, I forget the name of it. It's like the God of High School or whatever. I think oh, that. Oh, I watched. I watched half of the first season of that with my uh, my old roommate. And it was. Or no, no. Maybe I'm thinking of Tower of God. Um, uh, maybe I'm uh, thinking of that. One of those uh, is Korean. I think one of those also. I think was like a web comic first. Tower of God is Korean. Um, let's uh, see. Yeah, Tower of God is the web comic. God of High School. They're both. They're both. Uh, Tower of God's better. Yeah, they're both Korean. So yeah, like there's multiple Korean animes. Um, webtoons have really become uh, a pretty legit medium in the manga world, in the comics world, um, which is definitely a a Korean thing. Um, uh, I feel like originally, uh, but yeah. I think it's super cool. I think this is, this is the cool stuff that comes from globalization and people being more open to different, you know, the subtitle, the, watching things with the subtitles or uh, waiting for translated things. And, um, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Um, uh, what do you give? What's so back to Minari? What do you give it? Uh, I give it a five out of five, to be honest. Oh, my God. It's it's definitely my my current reigning king. I gave it a four and a half. Four and a half only because, and I could totally I have no arguments with a five whatsoever. It's just because I I could the predicted I predicted some of the beats too well. Um, but uh, I would be fine with a five. And if I honestly watch it again, I might think it's a five. So and that's why I feel like Amelie I thought is a four, but I could honestly bump it up to a four and a half. Uh, maybe. Um, if I watched it again, uh, fully, mm. um, but yeah, excellent film. Loved it. 
highly recommend it. Uh, do you, so do you think it should have won Oscar? Won an Oscar? Uh, what did it lose out to that year? Last year? Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't Nomadland, was it? Uh, I thought Nomadland came out. Well, Nomadland was. Nomadland was nominated for the Oscar this year with Minari. Oh, oh, then yes, I I thought this should have beat Nomadland. What was that movie with Anthony Hopkins? Or no, he won Best Actor. That's what it was. But No Man Land won Best Oscar, I think. Yeah, it won Best Picture. Yeah, yeah, it was the same thing. No Man Land also. Uh, wow. Yeah, I didn't see it on Hulu until this year, so I thought it came out this year. It came out. It's because everything's all fucked up because of uh, releases during COVID. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you think it was better than that? I saw Judas and the Black Messiah. That was one nominated, oh, but I see that. it's I good. We can watch it again. I'm down to watch anything again. I want to um, see that. I want. I need to see Black Klansman still. And I've seen that. I put it on the list. Um, I there's some classic Spike Lee though. I want to see before I watch that again. Um, the isn't Chloe Zhao doing? Uh, didn't she do? Isn't she doing Eternals? I don't Marvel? Know. I think so. Yeah, that's the that. that's who directed No Man Land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the oh, Francis McDormand's performance in No Man Land is phenomenal. It's the best part of the movie. Yeah, she is doing Eternals. It's this year she did Eternals. That's wild because that means that like I because I thought that this was her movie that like blew her up, but she must they've been working on Eternals for a couple of years now. Um, so she must have had something that was that landed her Eternals. Um, all right. I'm really I'm I'm excited. Did you make you gotta make your letterbox? Did you do that yet? Uh no, not yet. I've just been running around like crazy. Um, yeah, do that and uh So let's talk about what um is there anything else you wanna talk about with Emily or or uh, Minari before we move on to the post or not post show but wrap wrapping things up and talking about next week. Uh all right. What do you is it my pick this uh my pick, right? Uh I, I said I asked you if you, there's anything else you wanted to say about the movies before we move on. Oh no 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 I'm okay. good. Um, yeah, let's talk about what we want to do for next week. Looking up Chloe um, um let's talk about what we want to do. Uh, I was, oh shit, earlier in the, earlier in the podcast, we mentioned a movie that I was just like, oh, I'm 100% down to see, and, um, the, oh, what the fuck is it called, I can't remember it, um, oh well, but, we talked about a bunch of movies you wanted to see, I know, it was in the beginning, it was like, oh, that'd be a great pick, well, I've executive, executively decided, that Bo Burnham's Inside is going to be one of them. I've already watched it twice. I've already, I've listened to the album also. It is it's a stand up special, but it's not a stand up special. It's really this yeah, like, yeah. it's like yeah, a I've read into it. It's like a documentary film comedy sketch. It's a bunch of things in one, and I think it qualifies. I'm not saying it's it needs to be viewed as like a fancy art film, but. I think that that should be while it's relevant, like Army of the Dead. Like we we should try to hop onto things while they're relevant. And since this is like, I I, I told you I don't like Bo, I didn't like Bo Burnham, 
Other than that, yeah. but that movie Eighth Grade is what opened my mind to him because it's like Eighth Grade, Day Twenty Four. It's supposed to be one of the better ones, and I watched that movie and it was very good. You'd like it. It's on the list. Yeah, I still need to see Eighth Grade. It's on the list. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to pull up the list right now. I'm trying to log into my Facebook. I yeah, I'm trying to find it myself. Um, uh, best boys movie list. I need to ma- invite you as an editor. What's your uh, what's your email? Oh, you don't have to say it. You don't have to say it on the stream. Hold on. Uh, no, I know what it is. I heard what you were gonna say. I know what it is. Starts with a T. Yeah, I know what it is. Um, and um, and don't feel like it. Just be, I I honestly some directors that I knew we needed to sample. I just kind of picked a random film sometimes. So if there's like a film you want to see from a director that you see on the list, just say it and I'll, add, I'll replace something or add it. Um, but honestly, I got all, I'm pretty, it's pretty thorough. Um, it's pretty thorough. I tried to group the selections of specific auteurs together. And then, um, I have just like random films that I've been researching. Um, like, like films, it's like a mixture of, Film school films and and then like like cultural touchstone blockbuster and like I want all that stuff. Yeah. You know who I'm missing is Michael Bay indie films. It's blowing. They're not blowing. It's it's pissing me off that I can't remember what movie we were talking about. I should have wrote it down. It was just mentioned at a glance early a little bit ago or at the beginning of the podcast. Well, it's like you're on the spot right now. I just like to decide before the show ends so that. Anyone listening can prepare with us if they want to watch it with us, and I'll post it if you don't if you don't exactly know because at least they know we're gonna do Bo Burnham. Um, uh, all right, I got the list up. I'm seeing if it's on here. At least uh, maybe a director will jar you. We talked about Tiger with TD. We talked about. Some, uh, should you should write it down. We needed to be, take thorough notes. I, I think that honestly, if we're doing the Bo Burnham thing next week, why don't we just do eighth grade as well and just make it a Burnham to see where he's come? Burnham. Uh, um, if you want to, I'm f- I'm down with that. I'm down with that. I, it would I feel like it makes sense to make a team. It's your pick though. So if there's something that you're dying to see, um, like don't make make it something that. Like um, we talked, you talked about Black Klansmen. You talked about. I mean, I'd be down to see that. Um, you talked about very beginning. You just said it, and I said, "Oh, I, I want to do that. I need to remember that." Was well, it something I saw or something I've seen? Right, I was talking about something I compared it to, or this remind me of this. I think so. it wasn't Wes Anderson, right? No, no, I've seen most of his. Movies. All right, well, you, well, you can always go back and re-listen to the episode. I don't want to rehash yeah, it too cool. much I can, I, I can just do that um so all right we'll at least just say bo burnham inside possibly eighth grade um and if not Corey will make an executive decision about something else yeah we'll get, we'll get it 
Yeah, I'll just look it up in the beginning. Oh, oh, yeah, I wanted to do Mr. Glass. That was it. Oh, my God, Shyamalan. Uh, that was it. I wanted to see Mr. Glass because I've seen the uh, Unbreakable and Split. and I've been Well, yeah, see, that's why, and that's why I talked it away because I was like, well, yeah, for, we should do an episode. We should do the trilogy for an episode. Yeah. All right. Well, then in that case, let's just do eighth grade and then make a theme out of it. Uh, out All of right. There we go. There we go. Done. Done with that. It's awesome. Um, do you want to watch Disney's Cruella? No. I don't good. either. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. I, I've, I've got enough way better Pixar movies that I haven't seen to catch up on before I get into anything like that. Fucking Cruella de Vil. Cruella, Cruella de Vil. version where it's just her murdering dogs. I don't, I don't think I'm in it. <laughs> Could you imagine if they did that though? If Cruella was just like dog snuff films, it's like hostile but dogs. Dog All right. I, I, I think we can wrap it up here. Um, on that note. <laughs> No dog hostel. No dog. Yeah, dog hostel. <laughs> did you? Are you look? Did you see Eli Roth is on the list? Is that what inspired you to say that? Oh yeah, I'm thinking about uh, our gritty R-rated uh, dog hostel. Dog hostel. <laughs> dog. Yeah, dog <laughs> hostel. Um, I'm in. I've never seen uh, hostel. Oh man, it's. I've only seen the first one. But it's, it's just one of those gore porn movies. It's just, you know, it's just all about the torture. Well, if it, here, do we wanna do we wanna touch quick base about this uh, this awesome list that I made? Sure. Have you reviewed? Is this the first time you've looked at it? No. Um, you sent me this a while ago. Well, I appreciate that. Um. Well, I've added a lot to it, a lot to it, and I've filled in some more of the information. I added I added uh, Lloyd Kaufman for some trauma movies. Some trauma movies, you know what I'm talking about? Like Toxic Avenger and shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love I've seen the first two or three Toxic Avengers. Oh, we should we should do uh, some Ed Wood. We should add some Ed Wood movies. Ed Wood. Why does that sound so familiar? Oh, it's a Tim Burton movie, but it's about this guy who's famous for making really bad B movies. Just walk away. Walk away. Walk away. You want, we can watch Xavier for an episode. Um, oh, I haven't seen. You know, it'd be a good one too. Dogma. I haven't seen Dogma in ages. Um, Neil Breen. Oh, isn't isn't that the guy who just makes none of the bad, like real bad, low budget movies? Yeah, I, I do, I'm adding them to the list. Sick. Um. Oh yeah, the room. We should definitely have the room to the list. It's horrible. Honestly, I don't want to watch it again anytime soon. So it's not going to come up soon, but it should be on the list. Yeah. Yup, 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 yup. All right. I think that's good. We can wrap it up. Um, eventually, I feel like maybe we should give people access to our lists for suggestions. Um, it could be like a poll system. Yeah, we could do polls. I mean, like, oh, here's a couple that we don't know. What, what would you, what do you want us to do? Um, but we got it all. But all right, let's wrap it up. My name's JP, uh, aka Slob Thomas. Um, and he is 
story. Uh, <laughs> that face. Um, uh, that's his name on Instagram. He doesn't. Corey, you need to get Twitter too. I'm. I'm. I feel like I might have to. Even if you don't use it, at least something I can tag. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm Slob Thomas on everything. I got a letterbox, and uh, we'll be back next week with <laughs> let my let my box. Hey guys, I got a letterbox. Hey guys, I got it's open. And, uh, yeah, got one of those, and I'll see you next week with uh, apparently Bo Burnham Inside and 8th Grade. And, yeah, it's been fun. Pandora's Letterbox coming at you. Bye! Later, guys.